Before we get started today, I wanted to let you in on a little something I've been working on over the past five or six months. For parents of teenagers, there's a lot of pressure and confusion around getting them ready for life beyond high school, whether that's college or something else. So many options to consider, so much to know about college prep and admissions, and crucial development that needs to happen in students' lives during this time. Well, it would be fantastic if every parent could hire a one-on-one consultant or counselor to walk them through the junior high and high school years, but that's just not financially viable for most people. So I'm putting together digital courses designed to walk you through everything I think you need to know. I spent 10 years in academic advising at two different universities, and that experience gave me a lot of insight into how parents navigate the teen years well and some of the pitfalls they may encounter. These digital courses are designed to pass on that experience to you in an affordable, go-at-your-own-pace format that you can go back to over and over again as you reach new milestones. They are still in the works, but if it's something you're interested in learning more about when they're ready to go, the best thing you can do is join my email list. I'll put the link in the show notes below so that you can do that easily. And if there's anything you really like for me to cover in these courses, please feel free to let me know. Your questions help me stay relevant. So that's the big news. So excited to share it with you today. But let's get to the episode. You're listening to the Strategic College and Career Planning Podcast. As a parent of a high schooler, you are the perfect person to prepare and guide him or her through decisions about college selection, taking college credit in high school, deciding on a major, and actually thriving in the post-high school experience. But in my experience working in higher education, I found too many parents and students are overwhelmed by their options, confused about how to achieve their goals, and lack hope for their future. My name is Leah Smith, and I'm bound and determined to enable young people to find and achieve their calling and help high school families make wise decisions in pursuit of their educational, vocational, and financial goals. Through bite-sized episodes covering a wide variety of college and career topics, we'll cut through the mystery and set you up to make great decisions. Welcome to the podcast. so happy to be back with you today. I had a good couple weeks away, spent about a week in Scotland, which was amazing, and took some time to catch up on everything after being away. So I'm glad to be back and glad to start talking again about the characteristics needed to become good decision makers. So last week, or I guess it's been close to three weeks now, we talked about how important curiosity is And this week, we're going to talk about bias to action. For the purposes of our conversation here, I'm defining bias to action as the willingness to try things before having all the answers. Again, just like with curiosity, I'm leaning heavily on the book Designing Your Life, but putting my own spin on it. So my definition of bias to action, willingness to try things before having all the answers. Now, most of the time in high school and college, students are asked to consider potential majors and careers that they don't know much about or have much experience in. This makes sense because they're kids, they haven't had time to have experience in all of the careers available, so 
a lot of their decision making starts by mentally trying to imagine or picture themselves in certain fields, relying on the information that they already have. So in response to this, I've seen students do typically one of three things. So the first thing is that they will commit to an idea without having much personal experience. So this is a student who often is encouraged to pursue a major or career from their parents, their friends, their guidance counselor who says, hey, I think you would be good at such and such. Why don't you give it a try? And for a lot of these students, they don't want to put in the effort to research their options. And there could be a lot of reasons for this. It can feel just really overwhelming. And so if someone gives them a good idea that saves them the overwhelm of all of the options, they might grab hold of that and say, yep, sounds good. Let's go in that direction. Or they might have some kind of personal idea draw towards a specific career field, specific area of study that they don't necessarily have personal experience in, but they know enough about it or they have enough of a draw, an an innate draw to it that they're willing to commit. So one of my favorite examples of this are students who want to study psychology in order to become a therapist when they themselves have never been in counseling or therapy. And this has happened, I've run into this uh, with multiple students. They know enough about mental ill health and they care enough about people that this feels like a really natural opportunity for them to address an issue that they've heard a lot about and then they know is a problem. So they love people, want to help, and this just seems like a really good solution to their career dilemma. At the same time, they might have the perception that only people with significant mental ill health or trauma need counseling. And since they personally don't fit into those categories, they haven't gone through counseling or therapy themselves. Well, for, say, a 17-year-old senior in high school, that's probably not a bad thing. But it's concerning to me that a student would get into, let's say they become a senior in college, studying psychology, applying for grad school in psychology, or or going into a clinical counseling program without actually experiencing what it's like to sit with a counselor. It doesn't need to be extensive. It doesn't need to take a long time or be expensive. A lot of colleges, in fact, I would venture to say all colleges, although I don't know that for sure, but I would think it's true, are going to offer some kind of free counseling for students. And it might be limited to just, say, eight sessions, but most of the time, students are going to have the opportunity to do that. So in this case in particular, I would say a student absolutely needs to have some kind of personal experience, even if it's just as a client, in order to make a good decision. I would sure hate for that student to get into graduate school, let's say, realize that they don't actually enjoy or feel gifted in that kind of relational dynamic between counselor and counselee and realize that they've made some some mistakes, or they don't believe it's effective, or, or whatever. It also gives them more empathy for 
their clients if they have been in their client's shoes. Now, that's definitely going down a rabbit trail specific to students studying to be counselors, but I think the principle can be applied in a lot of different fields. If the student commits to something without actually having personal experience or at least doing a lot of research, job shadowing, informational interviewing, they're probably making a commitment uh, without the information that they need to make a good decision. So I appreciate those students' desires to make a decision and move forward, that they are pushing themselves not to stay stuck in indecision. That's a good thing, but they really need to invest the time and effort to understand what they're committing to. Second, uh, when students are presented with an option that they don't know much about, Often, they will say no to things without trying to learn about them or experience them. Now, I think the underlying issue here is that these students aren't willing to try something that they are not confident they will enjoy. And sometimes you just don't know until you try, which is why having this bias to action is so very important. Uh, They'll shut down ideas because they have a negative perception that's not based on experience. So maybe they heard their parent speak negatively about an experience with a, a bank teller. And therefore, these students have, or this particular student has a really negative perception about people who work at a bank. Well, that was based on one negative comment without any context and really isn't enough information to make a good decision if the student is getting contrary information that says that they might thrive based on their personality and interests and giftings, that they might thrive in a bank or a financial environment. But especially more recently, I've seen students who are just looking for a reason, or it feels like they're just looking for reasons to shut down ideas. It's almost like they don't want to find a good opportunity or a good option for them to pursue. I think that ties back to some of the hopelessness and some of the kind of global trauma that we've been through in the past few years that I touched on months ago in the podcast. So it can be tricky to figure out how to address this and really identify why exactly is this student so adverse to new ideas. Could be more personality and it could be an underlying issue that needs to be addressed before they're able to really start considering career major options at all. Uh, Now, a caveat to all of this is sometimes you know that a major career is not right for you without trying. So for instance, I don't need to shadow an actuary to know that I wouldn't enjoy that job. I know that I'm terrible at statistics and that's enough for me to know without researching the actual job in depth that I would not enjoy the job and I would not be good at the job. But even with that example, I do have some experience because I've taken a stats class and barely survived the class. Even there, we could say, well, that's not a lack of a bias to action. That's, I don't need to take action because I already have. It's been a while, but I know enough to know that wouldn't be a good fit for me. 
But the same can be true for your students as well. They have taken plenty of classes and you might know and they might know that English would not be a good fit for them because they do not enjoy reading and grammar has always been difficult. And so that's enough information to go off of to know that's probably not a great major. In that case, you could say that's not a lack of a bias to action. That's just a lack of a need for action. You already know. And then the third response that I see from students, and this is what we want, the third response is that they find a way to take action and gain experience. So these students are not afraid to try something they may not enjoy. They're not waiting to answer the question, will I like this, before they actually try. They don't necessarily sign their lives away, so these are these students aren't, say, going to med school before answering the question, will they enjoy being a doctor? But they find opportunities with low investment and minimal commitment to try new things. So examples of this are, say, an in-depth Google search. As simple as that sounds, sometimes even that feels like it's asking a lot of a student to just commit the time and effort and take the risk to do a Google search. And that could answer the question. That is action right there. And that could answer the question for them either, no, this isn't for me, or this is worth pursuing in a little bit more depth. Other examples are taking an intro class. This can be really, really helpful, especially if the student has room in their schedule for taking an introductory class in a specific area. Job shadowing, informational interviewing, which I feel like I've talked about ad nauseum, a summer job or an internship, becoming a research assistant or a TA, and then even talking with students in a particular major could be helpful. And that's another good example of a really low-risk, low-investment way to take action towards finding out if a specific major or career might be a good fit for them. So as you can tell, not all of these practices are time-consuming or risky, But I really have been disheartened by the number of students who are so quick to shut down an idea that they won't even do a a Google search to find more information about that particular option. So whatever you can do to help your students become the kind of people who are willing to look for opportunities and take initiative to create opportunities for themselves to try things and gain more information, the more you're setting them up to be able to make good decisions about their careers and really about their lives for the rest of their life. So young people who make good decisions about their majors and career are willing to try things before they've answered all their questions. So they find those answers through their experiences. They take an intro class, they pursue an internship, they job shadow, they risk not enjoying the experience because they know that disliking an experience is just as much of a win as enjoying the experience. They both give direction. They both answer questions. We don't like the more negative experience. Of course, they won't like that more negative experience. And unless you and the student are really careful, it can feel like a failure to say, do an internship or take a summer job in a specific area only to find out, oh, I really don't like this. I thought this was the answer. I thought this was going to be my future career and actually I really don't like this. That can feel like failure. So you'll need to be really intentional about 
interpreting it and helping them interpret that experience as a win and not as a loss. But when we don't set ourselves up to risk a negative experience, we don't set ourselves up to have a really enjoyable new experience. So the goal is let's help our students be courageous enough to take a risk so that they really could set themselves up to have a a really enjoyable experience in a new area that they didn't know was a possibility for them. Thanks so much for listening today. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode and leave a kind rating and review so more families find this information and encouragement. I hope you found this episode helpful. Just wanted to let you know that we can make much more progress through personal coaching. Please check out my website at callingandcollegiateconsulting.com to continue the conversation and learn more about coaching opportunities for you and your child. I'll be sure to include a link to my website in the show notes below. So much is possible for your student, but very little just happens. I'm excited to help you strategically plan for their future.